Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Welcome to our program, Culture and Psychology. This is Saide Malik Afzali speaking. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers. A very warm hello to everyone listening to us around the world. Our program is Saturday and Sundays from Radio Bombdad at 12 to 1 o'clock. And on these days, on their psychology and culture, we talk about all different topics of psychology, social, current events. And our podcasts are uh, researchable from iTunes, from Google. You can search us um, on any of these um, websites and you can find us by topics and listen to us at the time you can. Today's topic is about motivation. And when we talk about motivation, we are talking about uh, many different things. There are intrinsic motivation, which comes from inside. And there is, um, what is the other one, Dr. Rockers? Intrinsic and? Extrinsic. Extrinsic. Very good. Inside and outside. I'm, I'm testing you. <laughs> How did I do? Did we, You thought... Hey, that guy's not paying attention. a good job. Yeah, I thought you're not paying attention. I, I you see, that's how a school teacher would respond, right? <laughs> if you see a student they're just not looking at something else, and like, ah, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, I always actually bring teacher my remote. teaching, yeah, teaching points. <laughs> <laughs> that's something my husband always says. I say, oh, okay, the teacher part is coming out. <laughs> uh, here we go. This is it. Yeah. Okay. So no, I'm always a student in, in life. We each are student and teacher. We have to understand this, you know, it's just something that daily you face that every one of us, we either teach something or we learn something. So at any point in life, we are a teacher and we are a student. So uh, yeah, today we want to talk about an article, uh, one of the articles on Monitor on Psychology, which is uh, a, a monthly newsletter and articles from American Psychological Association. Uh, Dr. Rockers actually attended to one of the uh, article uh, at this uh, newsletter, which is uh, the upheaval of working world since March 2020 has no precedent in living memory. Some people went home for what they thought would be weeks, only to still be working from home more than a year and a half later. So this article starts with this topic, and then it goes on with some of the statistics and some of the work of people from businesses, law, business school, or uh, industrial organization psychology um, from Harvard University. And today we want to talk about a part of this article, which is building optimal motivation. So one of the important things they talk about in there, a couple of things get in, or at least one thing they identify that gets in the way of motivation is what they call hindrances, things which begin to slow us down and sap our motivation. Hindrances are things like red tape. They list lack of resources or conflicting goals, that sort of a thing. It could be feelings like management is not really with it. It could be just not having meaning in your work. They said, on the other hand, challenges can actually motivate so they make a distinction between a hindrance and a challenge. A lot of times people say, well, one of our new challenges is blah, blah, blah. But they're really talking about these hindrances, things that are getting in our way. If you can change your perspective and see some hindrances as challenges, then you're more likely to be creative in terms of the problem solving. Mm-hmm. Be more likely to be able to do it. And all important here, not get burned out. Mm-hmm. That's, Isn't the hindrances that bring sort of more motivation? It seems like you have to, let's say, jump from somewhere high up. And what happens if you really want to jump? You have to take the risk and you have to have accepted the challenges on this move. So it's in everything in life, you know, we daily feel 
um, you know, there are hindrances in life. Nothing is soft and nothing is straightforward and nothing is absolutely easy to go from A to B. So obviously there are bumps on the road, but how do you overcome those bumps? It seems like you have to have sort of intrinsic motivation sometimes as well as extrinsic, but it seems like as I was reading uh, very fast to skim through the article, I realized mostly the research shows that the intrinsic motivation is uh, basically has a higher rate for success. So when you have um, that intrinsic, which is, which comes from your inside, you know, you, you want to do something, you want to get to something, when you have that drive, when you have that um, basic goal and purpose, then you can jump through the hoops. Then you can go through the bumps. Right. An example of some of the difficulties, if we go back to the barriers or hindrances that are facing people today in the pandemic, I work with a number of physicians. And so for a number of physicians, the barriers or hindrances or red tapes include things like the electronic medical records systems, ones which don't, ones which one health system has that don't aren't able to communicate with another health systems. So patients may not have continuity of records. It's things like, you know how after you go see a doctor, you'll get the little rating. You they ask you, you know, how do you rate? Is it one star, five stars, blah, 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 all those. So those rating systems end up being a big piece of, um, I guess it's, I would think it, uh, think of it as red tape, but it's one of those hindrances because then they're so focused on getting the right ratings that they may not be doing things that they feel are the right things to be doing mm-hmm. with the patient. Because the management then at the hospital is pressing very hard to get the right ratings. And then I think a lot of times those ratings, the right ratings are tied to some sort of performance incentives as well. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and yet, yet another piece, which is related to this pandemic is having to treat people in the hospitals who are very sick, who have, did not get vaccinated for COVID. So they're having to treat these people for COVID who didn't get vaccinated and then suddenly find themselves in dire straits and then need to be treated. So the physicians, a lot of physicians are wearing out from that. Mm. So it's, a, it's interesting talking about this in medical field. Um, there was a report on the most stressful jobs and um, medical doctors were on top of that. And next was dentists. So it seems that not only their job is a stressful dealing with the life of people, but also is a stressful because of all other obligations they have towards the institutions they work for or the people that out there, they're rating them, you know, because on the one hand, we look at the rating, but on the other hand, we don't realize that how many different personalities or organizations we are dealing with and whether you're liked or not, that could count as well. So there's so many different things that they're dealing with. It's not just their own profession and how they deal with the patient, but it's, for example, if a patient asks something that is not doable, then all of a sudden the, the doctors get negative rating from that particular person, because maybe they dem- their demand wasn't legal or wasn't um, ethical, asking a doctor to write something or to do something. And that is part of the rating that they get from, from a person whose um, wants or needs wasn't satisfied because it wasn't ethical, ethical. You know what I mean? There's so many pieces into that because sometimes I read the ratings and I realized how could someone from hundred people has such a great rating and all of a sudden a couple of people start blaming that person for different things that happen and you don't know the whole story. Right. And their rating, it's like there may not be rating the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look on Amazon, how people will rate the product. And just recently, a couple of days ago, I was reading about one of the products and the person gives it three stars or one star because it didn't arrive on time. Yeah. 
Well, that's not the product. Yeah. That's something else that's totally outside the product, but that's what the people are throwing yeah. in as their rating. And so a lot of times with a physician, you know, is it, did you get the quality of care that was the right quality of care? Mm-hmm. Or did you get wounded by something somebody said or the way they came across? Yeah. You know, there's that where rate you can rate the person as a personality. And it's just to give one blank five-star rating is different. Or if you've gotten, say you've gotten, you were in the waiting room for too long mm-hmm. and that pissed you off, then you give them a bad rating. Well, that's a different thing. That's not the position usually. Mm. So it's those sorts of things that get in the way. So uh, the question based on this article is, um, would managers help by encouraging employees to see ways in which their work is meaningful and by providing clear goals and benchmarks for their progress. I think um, in an organization, uh, I'm sure you have worked with many organizations as I have. So that gives us a lot of uh, references to talk about. I realize that how much the leading people of an institution and organization can bring motivation and encouragement in their employees. One of the things I have experienced was I've gone through so many different bosses and so many different executive directors. And then I can have a real clear comparison between the personalities running the same organization but having different outcomes and having different employee satisfaction. One of the things I have observed uh, has been in the same organization I worked for quite a time was one of the leaders was basically not paying attention to anything except moving the company forward. So the goal was, you know, we want to get, our production to this level. We want to get to this. So that was a goal and moving fast forward to get to that outcome and goal that um, the executive director had for the organization. Then was the next person who came on board and everything was a status quo because that person didn't have maybe courage or didn't have some um, bold direction for the organization. So the same thing was going on for quite a while as the person who left the organization and handed to this new person was going. And then came another person who basically moved organization, not only forward, not only to a better place to be, but also cared so much about employees and employee satisfaction by listening to employees, by moving slowly but surely where the organization is going. I know we got to our first break. Uh, We come back and we continue our conversation about uh, motivation in people and how we can raise motivation and what are on the way of our motivation. We're back with Dr. Rockers. Uh, today I'm sitting with Dr. Rockers from Tavano Organization. Our friend and colleague, Alex, Dr. Alexandrade, is not with us today. We started with um, an article from American Psychological Association that we both had read and we wanted to talk about, which was motivation 
in um, a pandemic and also building optimal motivation. And um, as we are moving forward, leading to motivate, we came up at uh, how can we lead an organization or even a small office to make uh, some sort of motivation. And we talked about, if you hadn't listened to us and just turn on the radio, uh, we talked about uh, the motivation um, as intrinsic and extrinsic. Intrinsic is motivation that comes uh, from within and extrinsic is motivation that comes from out of us. And so, you have examples of those? Sure. Intrinsic is some goal direction for a personal um, achievement. For example, I want to get my degree. I want to um, work at this organization. Um, I have some goals for myself. So it comes from my own inside planning for myself. An extrinsic comes from outside. For example, it can start from, let's say, different ages, from parents, then it comes from peers, then it comes from teachers, then it comes from society, then it comes. So all those are called extrinsic motivation, something that excites us, motivates us, not from within, but from outside. But the ones from within are the ones that is inside. It's what we want to get to, what we want to do. I'm motivated to be a better parent. I'm motivated to be a better worker. I'm motivated to accomplish and achieve some of the goals for myself. Um, So we have been talking about some of this at the beginning of our conversation, but also I want to mention that um, we are from Radio Bomb Dot. We have our program on their culture and psychology on Saturdays and Sundays at 12 to 1 o'clock. And uh, this program is weekly with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And this is Saide Malik Hapsali speaking. We meet um, to converse about um, different topics in psychology, current events, and culture. So Dr. Rockers, uh, we ended before we go to break at leading to motivate. And I was just talking about my own experiences within the organization I was working. So I was talking about my observation of different people. I have witnessed their leadership. And the person that I was talking about how um, changed the whole organization, not only overall growth of the organization, and successful um, uh, organization within the same uh, type of organization we were. And not only that, but the employee satisfaction, the HR um, doing the right thing, the different organization, different sections of the organization doing the right thing. So I have observed personally how a person can move the whole organization with motivating them differently. And it is important what kind of person is leading. I think having goal for organization is one thing, but the person can be also very, very effective. Think about even in political world, you know, we change um, president, we change administration through that the whole country has a goal around the world with the relationship when it comes to production, when it comes to financial and all of that. But the personality of a person on top can make a lot of changes that may not seem to be so obvious, but if you really dig into different parts, you can see how much the relationship with the world can be changed, how much the tension in daily life um, can change. And we have witnessed that in different scenarios. You're talking about uh, leadership in the organization, how their style and effects filter down into everybody in a pretty much imperceptible way. Often we don't even, we can't feel it, but we do notice that it begins to happen there. I think that's very true. I think it's very true. And if we look at it in terms of some of the things we were talking about yesterday, I think it becomes pretty important. And yesterday, the things we were talking about 
were the existential concerns. And I'm thinking in terms of what you said about Yalom's, those four, those four areas, the meaningfulness and isolation, freedom and death. These are pretty important things in terms of the workplace. And what I'm talking about here is a lot of times I think in the workplace, well-meaning individuals in some leadership capacity will try to present things which are barriers and call them challenges in an effort to get people kind of jacked up or pumped up so they can overcome them instead of just getting burned out. Because people get burned out from these hindrances or the barriers, right? Incessant hindrances, and that's all I've got to deal with, burns people out. That's what we're talking about with the physicians, getting burned out because of all these other things that are going on kind of in a business way of the business of medicine. So if we have too many hindrances or barriers and they are nonstop and we don't have that own, our own personal sense of challenge, then that becomes a problem. What we're talking about there is that meaningfulness aspect from existentialism, right? It's Mm -hmm. a meaningfulness in my job, which includes meaningfulness in my life. The isolation part that Yalom talks about is of critical importance at work. We may not realize it just immediately, but that that part is the isolation part or not isolating, being not isolated, is that sense of belonging. And we all want to feel this sense of belonging. We want to feel a sense of belonging and we want to feel that what we're doing is a real contribution to work. The reason I bring that up is because if you're not careful and if you just start labeling every difficulty as, oh, this challenge or that challenge and make people use the right words, you enforce that instead of showing them how, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get a lot of eye rolls and you're going to get people pushing back and saying, you know, that's a lot of BS and I'm, and they get really tired of it. And then a whole other ethos develops where it's like, mm, they're out of touch. They don't get it. They're just asking us to do these stupid things. And then that type of sarcasm and ugliness begins to set in. And that's definitely counterproductive in any sort of business. So those are very important things. The freedom, I think freedom that we talked about yesterday with uh, those existence that refers to people being able to figure out some of the things themselves and move forward. It doesn't mean that they just have free reign and they go do whatever they want. Then the business isn't aligned or unified, but it does mean that people have some sense of their own capacity. Mm -hmm. In the end, no matter how you label these things, it requires that the management be connected with the people who are working for you. Because if you don't know the person, you're not going to be able to tailor these to your people, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be oh, able to absolutely. do that. And, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking, each of these points that you mentioned, a lot of it um, we are making for ourselves. For example, freedom, Sometimes we are the ones who create the barrier for our freedom. You know, it's so interesting that how our perception can create those hindrances in our life and can bring so many of those bumps on the road. Because the way you look at life is how you create those barriers around you. And sometimes we are victim of our own creator creation of those barriers. I hope I can explain what I mean by feeling free is different than experiencing freedom. So with that, I want to say, you know, obviously, nobody has put chain on your hands and are your feet, but you have those chains in your mind that is pulling you down. When you think of freedom, a lot of it comes from inside. How do you feel freedom is in your mind? And the freedom that is a sense of control, obviously is not a freedom, but freedom from any other chains that we have created in our life. Some of the attachments are the chains. 
some of the thoughts provoking are the chains. Many things when you think about it are chains that are pulling us down. So when you really feel free is when you don't feel any of those chains in your hands and in your feet. And then you can really do what you think is meaningful and is right for you to do. Are you, and, are yeah. you saying that the freedom is freedom from your own restrictions? I think so. I mean, there's so many aspects to it, but I'm just saying, you know, there are some um, situations I we mean, know politically or socially in some um, places that prevents you from being free and doing what you want to do. And we know we have witnessed that and we know their countries and their places, their organizations, their societies that create those barriers and they put you in a frame. But basically, in places that you have not those barriers and sounds the free countries, the free societies, um, and you have options to do what you want. But then it comes the barriers you have created in your mind for yourself that you feel like these are the bumps on the road, but there are basically bumps that you have created in your head. So rather than thinking, you know, I put all the effort, I put all the energy into doing these things, you always talk about, you know, those barriers, those, uh, you know, uh, red marks, those, um, you know, bumps. There are always those bumps and those barriers when you think about it. There's nothing easy. But sometimes you create all those energy and all those efforts that is within you to overcome those barriers. But sometimes you bring more of those barriers within you. So the intrinsic motivation goes down. So that's what I mean. I don't know if it makes sense or not, but I tried my best. Well, I'm thinking about my golf swing, which may seem unrelated, but I think it is related in concept or principle. And that I was saying the other day to Jan, I said, you know, for me, I don't feel free when I swing. And that's like, I can't deliver all my power into the golf swing. But the reason that I can't do it is because of my own, it's like my own motor programs that I've thought, if I swing the club, I have to hard, then I am swinging it this way. But when I do that, and that's an automatic type of a thing. It's not conscious. When I do it that way, the power isn't there. Only when I have let go of, maybe it's letting go of my own ego, or maybe the ego is part of that motor programming, but whatever that is, when I can just get the whole body swinging in it, then it's a free, it feels free, and it's a powerful swing. So I suspect that that's some of the that's what I'm thinking of when you say it's the freedom from our own internal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. views of things. And that applies to golf, but a, a whole lot of that applies to the rest of our life. Isn't but it let's, here? Let's take, take that another step further, though. And uh, it relates, I think, to some extent to culture, our culture, right? It relates to our family culture. It relates to the ethnic culture that we've grown up in because a lot of those are there are beliefs and this is how you act at certain times this is how you don't act at certain times it's like what you were just saying yesterday about the saying the goodbyes that the iranians will say or the persians will say take a lot of steps to you don't say goodbye you don't you don't end it you just say well we're leaving <laughs> which begins a whole process yeah but i think a lot of those that's a cultural thing yeah that ends up we we just this is how we do it and we don't really think well it could be another way or another way well that would seem kind of weird or mm -hmm. it seem rude even yeah no absolutely and and uh when we were talking about freedom and you were talking about golf and all that i was just thinking the fear is the foundation of all these barriers that we are talking about. So when I talked about those chains, those, those things that inside, and you were also relating to that in different ways that how, when you're swinging this way, 
that's when you do a better job. But when you're sewing that way, you know, it's, it's just the movement and all that. Um, and we know how much of that is all about our brain and our hormones and, and the way things go on with the different directions, with different parts of the brain. But in general, when you think about it, I always feel like all those barriers and red marks and all those bumps that we have, granted some of them are real, but many of them are the ones that we create intrinsically. And the foundation of all that is fear. When you talked about ego, where does the ego come from? The ego is always on the way because the fear of losing control, the fear of not you know, show up as this and that. So all of those issues that goes on in our mind that prevents us from that freedom, pre prevents us from having that meaningful of life, having that sense of belonging, all of those, the part that in any ways uh, scratches any of these parts and it's not purely happening, is the foundation of fear within us. So I believe that when we talk about all those issues within us, which is a jealousy, which is uh, uh, anger, uh, self-centered, being self-centered, and all of those issues that we call it in general, um, which is part of human being, but it's on the negative side, the bottom line is always fear, fear of not be good enough, fear of not being competent, fear of not doing the good job, fear of being um, judged, fear of, you know, all those issues of apprehensive, not in a sense of physical apprehension, but what goes on in our mind. So we got to another break, we come back and continue our conversation. We're back with Dr. Dan, Daniel Rockers. Uh, this is Saide Malikhapseli speaking. We don't have Dr. Alexandrade with us today. And we are from Tavano Organization, a nonprofit organization helping individuals in all sorts of mental and cultural issues. Uh, we work with Radio Bombdad on Saturdays and Sundays uh, at 12 to 1 o'clock. And if you just turn on your radio and didn't listen to us from the beginning, so far we've been talking about an article we both read in American Psychological Association, which was regarding the upheaval of working world since March 2020 and the pandemic and all that. And then we got into all different sorts of conversation regarding the intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation. And we ended up at the very end to talking about um, what we create as hindrance and barriers within us and how the fear could be the foundation of all of this. And those emotions that and behaviors that we show, which is on the negative side of, um, you know, behavior uh, thinking and judging whether what is positive, what is negative. We talked about jealousy. We talked about 
competence, whether good or bad, and all of that, when you think about it, if we are not motivated enough to move forward, there's some sort of fear that is holding us back. And then we talked about also uh, Dr. Yalom's four principles of the theoretical um, view of life is uh, meaningfulness, um, isolation, sense of belonging, and um, death, which is the reality of life. And uh, also, um, there was one more, meaningfulness, um, isolation, death, and um, what was the other one? I'm, uh, my, teaching, <laughs> my teaching kicks in to see if you're listening to me. Freedom. Freedom, very good. So the freedom is actually what we basically for a long time talked about. Um, what does it mean and whether we create those barriers within our head that uh, prevent us from feeling um, that we have that freedom? Is it the sense of control? Um, so uh, basically, I don't know what you think about the fear part that is foundation of many things preventing us from achieving and accomplishing. I think very much it is a big part, if not the only. A, yeah, if not the only part. It, thank you for that correction in my mid-sentence there. <laughs> but it was actually exactly what I was searching for, the exact sentiment there. Because almost everything does come from that fear. We kind of clutch and we tighten up. I think even like what I was talking about with my golf swing, it's that. I can tell when I do that in the middle of the swing, that's that tightening up and it shows up physically as psychologically first and gets transmitted into physical stuff. So I do it that is a very astute perception that it is a fear-based. I think you can even try um, tie a lot of other things in there, like pride can be at its uh, basis of fear, like fear of not being. Because pride's kind of a compensatory type of emotion to make myself great because I'm not sure that I'm great. Mm -hmm. And it's a fear that others might see that I am not great. Mm -hmm. And the insecurities is based on fear. So even the, there was a research about the entertainers and the famous people that entertain and they go on this uh, stage because of the fear of not doing or performing the way that their uh, fans continue to encourage them, continue to be the fans. They usually turn to alcoholism or abusive, uh, drug abusive um, abusage. Um, and we have read so many stories about um, people in big famous bands or singers that they get into drugs. And that fear of not doing well causes them to attach to something to get them out of that space of fear so that when you, they go on the stage, they become free from fear and they can do the best of their performance. So when you think about it, um, spiritually, if you could overcome that fear and feeling completely out of a space from future and past and be at the moment, at that moment when you're completely fully present, you're not going to be fearful because the fear comes from worry about future. That future may be a minute later or the experience you had from the past. You know what I mean? Like I may not be able to perform as well as I did last time. So I may lose my fans or I may lose my listeners or I may lose, you know, whoever is uh, using my product. That being at the moment can overcome those fears. But we all have those fears, which is foundation of everything in life when you think about it. I'm fearful to lose that um, many things that goes on in our mind. Well, let's bring that. How can we bring this back then to the motivation in the workplace? How do you see that as operative there? So when you basically start realizing that 
fear is the base of everything that is preventing you from achieving, accomplishing, whether you're a leader, whether you're an employee, whether you're a father, whether you're a husband, whether you're whatever. If you overcome that fear and realize that the reason you're not doing your best is being afraid of not being your best is holding you back. But being in the moment, doing what you need to do without worrying about future and past can create so much energy within you that that energy gives you motivation. That energy gives you drive to move forward. And that's the time you do your best. So it's easy to say it's hard to do, but at least I can, I can imagine that because I've been in those moments where I was totally present, which doesn't happen often because it's not easy. You always are worried about, you know, performing. You're always worried about your production. You're always worried about things that come to your mind from all different perspectives. But if you let go of all those, I call it chains that is holding you down, that are keeping you down. They're pulling you down to the ground. Let's get those chains off yourself from wherever you're hanging in your body, whether they're feet, your feet, your whole body. Get rid of those chains. Those chains are fear. Those chains are worry. Those chains are, I'm not good enough. Those chains are, I may be failing. Those, those are the chains that are definitely keeping us down. So the, get rid of those. And I think that an important piece then, how do we get rid of those fears or how do we work with those fears? It's not how do we get rid of those fears? Because I think if you ask that question, you can easily head in the wrong direction which I think a lot of us do that, how do I get rid of that fear, can easily lead us down the path of let me block that feeling out. Mm-hmm. And feelings that are blocked out are not gone. They are just repressed or suppressed. And the worst part is they still have their effect. So instead, what we have to do is, uh, in some words, liberate that emotion And I think this is what is meant when people say, face your fears. We can face our fear, acknowledge that it is there, and also realize I don't have to act according to my fears. I can be fearful and still take steps in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I think I've mentioned somebody I'd heard before, a woman gave a speech who wasn't a successful attorney and public speaker. And she talked about her past. That was where she was a prostitute. She was an alcoholic. And I don't even know what else, as if that wasn't enough. And somebody said, well, how'd you do it? And she says, well, I always had smart feet. And what she meant, and she explained that what she meant by that was, even though I was scared, my feet still took steps forward. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the facing the fear. She's like, yeah, I was scared and I took steps forward. So we can be scared and still take steps forward. Mm-hmm. That's really the facing that. the fear. I really like what you said. And, and also suppress that fear, you know, because you may not be able to get rid of it. Suppress it and then move towards doing what you need to do. But also... I was just relating that to diagnosis, you know, when the hardest part in medical field and in psychological field is correct diagnosis, because when you have correct diagnosis, then there are ways to um, resolve the issue to at least move towards resolving the issue by uh, drugs, by psychological, you know, theories that you use by, um, you know, so many, Uh, modalities and um, so many ways you work with the patients in or in all other fields as a teacher with the students, if you diagnose where the problem is, the solution is there. So I was thinking about the same thing. The first step is diagnosing that it's the fear that is preventing me to do things. It's not me. So separate that fear from you just like we do with our patients separating the issue, like I'm not depressed. 
the depression has come and it's going to go. I am not depressed. The depression is now my guest for a short time and it's going to move out. So separate the fear from I'm fearful, but recognizing ourselves by digging more into where is the problem. If it's the fear and we recognize it's the fear, then the solution is easy. The fear of speaking, the fear of failing, the fear of you know, lack of enough confidence, so many different ways we can recognize where our fear is. And then when you recognize it, then, then one of the steps you said, which I really like having a smart feet, let your feet walk you towards the steps of getting over that fear. And sometimes um, mechanically, uh, it's our defense mechanism that we do it naturally. For example, I hear from people who are shy that they, because to overcome their shyness, they start talking, they start joking, they start, you know, just having a different introduction when they see different people and new people. So they're overcoming their shyness by acting the opposite way by they starting talking, joking, and all that. So some people naturally, without even realizing where the problem is or why they're doing that, their defense mechanism kicks in and they do it. Uh, For example, some people when they're depressed, when uh, they have depression, then, uh, you know, immediately without even thinking, they do different things. Um, They make a trip, they go to a party, they go to see a show that is funny. They try naturally to overcome that, um, you know, uh, sense of depression. So I'm just saying recognition of where the problem is within us is step one, and then solution comes with it. I know we got to the end of our program. I want to first of all thank my colleague and my friend, Dr. Daniel Rockers, for bearing with me throughout this program and also missing our friend, Dr. Alexandrade today, but also a few words to our listeners uh, on Saturday and Sundays from 12 to one o'clock. Myself, Saide Malikavsali and two of my colleagues and friends, Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrade from Tavano Organization. We have a program on their culture and psychology in English language. So please, if you have friends, family members, or anyone who would enjoy our program and get benefit from our uh, English speaking psychology program, ask them please to listen to us at 12 to one o'clock with Radio Bombdot. Our podcast uh, is uh, on iTunes. And if you search us uh, from iTunes or Google, you can find all different topics we have talked so far. We started at the pandemic, um, COVID-19, and we wanted to inspire and encourage people to deal with all the issues that we were facing. And we talked about so many different topics in psychology, current events, politics, um, social uh, issues. And uh, we have been with Radio Bombdot for a year and a half, and we continue working towards... um, our program. And uh, we appreciate um, our listeners uh, giving us any feedback. With that, I want to wish everyone a wonderful week. We come back next week. We talk about other issues. Uh, With that, I want to ask Dr. Uh, Rockers if you want to say your last statement as usual, um, and then we end our program. My last statement is what I said earlier, have smart feet. You don't have to act according to the emotions. Just acknowledge that they are in there and see what is one small step you can take that goes a little bit further than what you would have done. Very good. And I would like to encourage our listeners to let go of your fear of achieving and accomplishing anything you have in your mind, give meaning to your life. And with that, you can step forward and have a super wonderful week to come.
رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا